Welcome. Great to have you guys here. I want to say hello to all of our campuses. Thank you for being a part of our services. And also, let's give it up for our God Behind Bars men and women real quick. Thanks for being with us as well. Glad to have you guys here. And so, I, I, you know, we're starting a brand new series today. By the way, last week was an incredible weekend. Thank you. Easter was fabulous. You guys all showed up, brought your friends and your family. I just said the word fabulous. Why did I use that word of all words? It's fabulous. Okay, so... Anyways, there you go. Uh, so anyways, it was a great. Thank you for bringing your friends and your family. Man, you guys are back. This is awesome. We're filling this place up again. Thank you for showing up. It means a lot. Thank you so much. So we're starting a brand new series today called Because of You. I had a whole message laid out, ready to go. And, and uh, at the end of the series, two weeks from today, we're having our annual offering. And so we're kind of gearing up for that. And as I prepared the sermon and I emailed it in, I always send it uh, in early. And, and uh, anyways, I, I, they prepare slides and stuff like that off of it. So I sent it in and, and um, just wasn't really settled in my spirit about it. But the next day uh, it was um, time to come preach. And, uh, and as I did that, uh, I work on all week. But anyways, but I sent it in. I, I came in to preach about two hours before the Lord began to tell me, you're not going to share that sermon. So I was like, okay, that's a problem, God, because I don't really have anything. Um, but the Lord reminded me, yes, you do. You have what you haven't told yet. And so, um, so I'm not going to preach my sermon today. I don't have notes to give you. I'm just going to obey God and tell you what the Lord told me months ago. So uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous about it. Um, but I know that the Lord is with me and, and speaking, and, and he's going to have his way. And so... Um, I just want to share something God gave me. Uh, you, know, you guys know, most of you know that, um, unless you're brand new, most of you know that you know, several months ago I finished a, a, a season of prayer, 100 hours of praying to God, asking God for his will, his direction for the church. In that, I then did like a big reveal, and I shared with you that uh, God put on my heart to reach a million souls as a church, not just me, but as a church, all of us, to reach a million souls. And uh, it was a very moving time. And then the next week I was going to get up and share a little bit more and and I backed off, I'm going to be honest. I backed off and kind of shifted gears. And, uh, and it's funny because it was not maybe a month after that, one of my staff members said to me, and they didn't mean it mean or cruel or whatever, but they just told me the truth. They said, yeah, I've had several people tell me they were a little underwhelmed on what you shared. You know, of course, I was just like, what? You know, but actually, I, I knew why, because the Spirit of God was convicting me, saying, because you didn't tell them all that I told you. And I knew that. And so... I just felt led to share it. And I'll be honest with you, I was nervous to share it because, um, frankly, it, I can fail. And I think that holds us back, doesn't it, from doing what God leads us to do because we could fail. And, uh, and I have failed in the past, and we've succeeded in the past, too. We've done both. And, but that's part of it. And so I just, I just held back. And so, um, so I want to share with you something God told me in my hours of prayer. You guys know I have a little timer on my watch. I click. I, I like to wear very expensive lavish watches like Timex from Walmart, $35. You can have it today. <laughs> so I have a little timer on my watch, and, and I, I, when I'm praying, I, I set it to an hour, and I just start praying. And then at the end of that hour, when it, when it goes off, whatever my dominant thought is, I write it down. So I have a 100 of these thoughts written down in the back of my journal. And on one of those particular hours, God spoke to me very specifically. So I prayed this prayer. It was hour 23. I prayed this prayer. I said, um, God, uh, I just remembered, I had this thought in my prayer time. There's these guys named the Kendrick Brothers. Maybe you've heard of them. They made a movie called Facing the Giants. They made a bunch of movies like that. You know, since then, they've, they've, I don't know how many movies they've done, but they're Christian uh, guys that love the Lord, that want to honor the Lord and make movies, and that's what they do. 
And so they were being interviewed, and in any interview, um, they discussed something that they had talked about together with their pastor. They said, how many more movies do we have left in us? And I love that thought, just the, not just the question, but the thought behind the question. I was like, yeah, basically what you're saying is, here's how much life I have left. How am I going to use it for God? That's what they're really saying. So based upon that thought I had, I just wrote down in my journal on this particular hour of prayer, I said, God, how many more campuses do I have left in me? You know, we, we open campuses to reach more people for Christ, and we've got five campuses now. We've opened more than that. We've actually closed some as well because I've learned some, some hard lessons on where to put those as well. So, it's, you know, it's just good, good and bad. And I think that's also what's made me hesitate because I thought sometimes it's worked and sometimes it, it hasn't. But actually all the recent ones have you know, because we've learned some lessons. And I just want to encourage you, by the way, that maybe you've tried something before and it didn't go too well. That doesn't mean God's not in it. It just may mean next time you try with more intelligence, you try with some education behind it now, you try. Does that make sense? So I just want to encourage you. Failure is not an event. Failure is when you quit attempting. And so I, I realized, like, Lord, how many more campuses do I have in me? So I just thought, you know, I've been doing this for 22 years now, one church, and and uh, this is back in November when I prayed this prayer. So, Lord, what, you know, if I were to go another 20 years, let's just say, so that means I'll be, I'll be, I'll be 68 in 20 years. So I'm 48 today. And, and I said, so, so how many more campuses do I have in me, God? Could you just let me know? Just show me your will if, if, if you don't mind. I opened my one-year Bible that, right after I wrote that prayer down, and, uh, and here's what I read. First verse, Numbers chapter 23 on hour 23, says this. Then Balaam said to King Balak, build me seven altars here and prepare seven young bulls and seven rams for the sacrifice. I kept reading about the story of Balaam. And in the middle of the, sto middle of the story, it says this. Uh, then Balaam, uh, so Balak, excuse me, so Balak uh, told Balaam to, sorry, to plat I can hardly read that. My, I'm getting old. So Balak to Balaam, yeah. To the plateau of Zophim, sorry, on Pisgah uh, Peak, uh, he built seven altars there and offered a young bull and a ram on each altar. That was my wife who just said, you need glasses. Did you hear that? That is very mean, honey. Come on. She's, she's right, though. Well, I see clearly, and I see something that looks good. Okay. I'll stop. Okay. I got good eyesight. I'm telling you right now. I know what I'm looking at. It's good. I like it. Okay. So Balak told Balaam, uh, t uh, yeah, took Balaam. Balaam to the plateau of Zophim and Pisgah's peak. He built seven altars there and offered a young bull and a ram on each other. And then let's go to the next one. This is the last verse of that same chapter. So, so did you catch that? The very first of the chapter says, build seven altars. Middle of the chapter, last verse of the chapter says this. Balaam again told Balak, build me seven altars and prepare seven young bulls and seven rams for me to sacrifice. So um, I wish God just would be clear with me. Just tell me what he wants. You know what I mean? You ever, you ever heard God so clearly? You're like, okay, that's ridiculous. You know, so... So I knew at that point, I wrote down, okay, Lord, um, you want me to build seven more campuses in the next 20 years. And I, I kind of did an average on it. So it took us 21 years, just every three years. That's very doable. We've done that before. So I wrote down an hour, 23, build seven more altars, seven more campuses, Numbers 23, verses 1, 14, and 29, all said. And by the way, I don't know if you know this, but when God, God doesn't use exclamation points, the Hebrew or um, Greek does not have exclamation points like English does. Um, what God would do when he wants to, to point up something, you see it all the time in Psalms, is he repeats himself. And so when you see a repeating of threes, that's an exclamation point. So God's like, I want you to build seven campuses. Got it, Lord. Thank you. Message delivered. So I wrote it down in my journal and, uh, and just kept going. So a, a number of months after all this, I, I finished, uh, well, I actually wasn't even totally finished, but I was almost finished with my 
prayer time, I had a, our annual board meeting. And I've got a group of pastors on our board that keep me accountable, that are dear friends. And anyways, I'm very blessed to have great leadership and oversight. Uh, so uh, we had our annual meeting, and, and I, I knew that God was leading me to share what God had put in my heart. I told him about the million souls I wanted to reach and the next 20 years and you know, all that. And, and the three things that God told me was to, um, in the next three years was to maximize, basically get back to where we were and grow even beyond it as our, in our current campuses. So maximize um, this year, next year mobilize, and the third year, multiply again, start adding campuses again. So God has spoke that to me, and I shared that with them, and I shared these verses, and I just, I didn't really have a, anything laid out. I just kind of had some highlight moments I wanted to share with them for my, my prayer time, and, and so I just, I shared that with them. So at the end of that, um, each board member kind of went around and shared their thoughts on it. I just got quiet, and it got real quiet, and I was like, okay, did they not like this? Did they like it? I don't know what they think. And one of them spoke up, his name was Scott, and Scott said, Pastor Bill, my spirit just resonates with what you said. I think that's totally what God wants. I think God will be blessed by that. Um, and then um, Laura, another lady that's on our board, she said, I can absolutely see the hand of God in this. I'm not surprised at all that God will lead you this way, and I'm excited about what God's going to do, and it's an honor to be on the board. And it was really nice, really kind words. Then, then Buddy, uh, another one of our board members, and David, two of these other guys on the board, started to kind of laugh a little bit, and I was like, why are you, what's so funny? And Buddy said, can I just ask you real quick, Bill, um, what hour was that? I said, what do you mean? He goes, what, what was the hour? Oh, you mean like, well, what part? He said, when you said seven campuses, was there a specific hour? I said, yeah, let me look. So I, I pulled my journal open, and I was like, it was hour 23. He goes, yeah, 23, right? And what were the verses that God gave you? What, what chapter was that? And I said, oh, it was Numbers 23. He's like, yeah. I go, where, where are you going? And he starts laughing because he goes, you're not going to believe this. But he said, David and I two of the board members, eight, they're friends as well. And they said, we have a thing between us. The number is 23. He said, do you know about the number 23? I was like, not really. And he was like, well, it's Michael Jordan's number. I was like, that's true. Yeah, I do know that. And so he said, but the number 23 actually means abundant blessing. I was like, I, I didn't know that. I was like, oh, you're kidding me. He goes, yeah. He goes, I think God is trying to say clearly to you on the 23rd hour through numbers 23 that he wants to abundantly bless your people so they can do your work. So they can do his work. Does that make sense? So I was like, wow. So then David piped up, the, one of our board members. He said, he said you know, um, I know your family. I know your boys pretty well. He's, he probably knows my boys better than any other board member. He said, I poured into them directly, prayed over them, talked with them at length. He goes, he goes you know, you're going to be an old man by the time this is done. I was like, you're right. You're right. I mean, 68's not young. You're right. By the time this is finished, he goes, so you realize this is, this is multi-generational now. I said, you're right. He said, I'm just curious, um, how old's Mason? He's 23. Okay. And so, and, and he said, um, and this is in last November, he said, so this January, how old's your church going to be? I know you have an anniversary coming up, right? It's like, our, our church will be 23. So then, um, just for kicks, I grabbed my calendar and I was like, because the day fluctuates on, on the weekend on what we celebrate, when we celebrated, because January 18th, 1998, today we started the church. That's the Sunday we started it. So every year it comes around, but it kind of, it's a fluctuating date a little bit, you know, because we always celebrate the weekend after that particular, the 18th is crossed. So I just was curious, when is the 23rd anniversary? And it was January 23rd. There's just so many layers here. I didn't know this much about 23. In fact, just sharing this, even this weekend, several people told me some things. Like, I didn't know it takes 23 chromosomes from each parent to make life. 
I didn't know that. The Earth's axis is tilted at a 23% uh, angle, uh, 23 degree, excuse me, angle. Um, it takes 23 seconds from your blood, for your blood to flow from your heart through your whole body and back to your heart. Morse code 23 means break the line. That means you start a new line. For example, World War II, they would have been like, the Germans are coming, 2, 2, 1, 2, 1, 2, 3, 23. That means new line, attack or whatever it would be, right? In other words, it's a new chapter, it's a new sentence, it's just a new start. Break the line. 23 has got a lot of significance that I was unaware of. But I believe God was clearly speaking. In fact, I, I really, I was kind of nervous about telling you, you guys all this stuff. In fact, Buddy actually mentioned too, he said, he said, go over those three words again that God gave you, three words for each year. I was like, oh, well, it's in 2021 is to maximize, uh-huh. And he says, and what's the next year? I said, 2022 is to mobilize. And, and what's the next? I said, oh, yeah, in 2023 is to multiply. He goes, that's what I thought. So I'm just hearing God through all this, Pastor. Are you, are you hearing this? Are you seeing this? I was like, yeah, he said, you know, the 23rd Psalm is where we get abundant blessing from. The first verse in that says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Which means when God is your shepherd, when you're fully letting him shepherd you, you will have no wants. He provides. He's an abundant God. So I shared all this with them and God was clearly moving and then, and then I didn't share it with you. I just kind of held back, I'm not gonna lie. So I just thought, oh, it's okay. So then I thought my thought was, I'll just, I'll just do it and not like tell anyone. We'll just, we'll just start doing more campuses and I'll just not say the number. And then if I don't quite make it, you know, no one will know, just me and God, it was fine. But you know, God doesn't work that way, does he? You know, so he wants us to be a verbal witness and open communication about what God tells us to do. And, and so, and it makes me nervous because, you know, we may get 20 years down the road and we've only started five more campuses, you know, or we may get 20 years down the road and we've started 15 more campuses. I don't know. But, you know, I, I guess I'm nervous about, about sharing that with you. And I don't know where they're all going to be. I don't, I don't have that. But I know God's told me what to do. He's, he's been very, very clear with me on that. And so I just knew I needed to share it. So, so yesterday I was really contemplating. I was like, Lord, I don't know what you're trying to do, but I know you're doing something. I just felt, I just sensed the Lord taking over. I felt like God was saying, basically, shut up and get out of the way. Let me, let me do what I'm going to do. I, I gave you a word and you've held back. And so I just, I was like, okay, God. So, so then yesterday I was, I was getting my stuff in the car and I was heading up to church for Saturday services. And as I did that, um, sometimes God just tells me to do little things. Does God do this to you? Like tells you to obey him in real simple, little, almost dumb things. You're like, really, God? You really want me just to do that? You know, like I'll be in a public bathroom, no lie. And there's like trash laying around the trash can and God will tell me, go back and pick all that up. I'm like, God, I think they have someone at this place that probably does that. <laughs> Of course, the Lord reminds me, no, obviously they don't. Look at the trash right there. You need to go back. I'm like, okay, God, I'll go pick up the trash. So if you ever see Pastor Bill in a public bathroom cleaning, you know God's speaking to him. By. I can't explain it. But, but actually, I think the reason why God does it to me sometimes is because God wants me to exercise my faith in little ways so he can prepare me to exercise my faith in big ways. So I was in my car, and I just pulled in the parking lot, and I grabbed my bag, and I was about to leave, uh, get out of the car. And I, I kinda, I'm, I'm a little funny about my car. I like it to be, like, spotless. I like a clean car. It's just kind of funny thing about me. So anytime I get out of the car, I always gather all the trash. It's like to be clean. And so I, I, I was getting out of the car, and I had a, a can sitting there, and I felt the Lord tell me, take the can. And I'm like, okay, God, that's just ridiculous. Okay, sure, take the can. You know, so I was like, whatever. So then I got out, and I was like, yeah, that wasn't God. And I felt the Lord tell me, take the can. Okay, fine, I'll take the can. So I grabbed the can that's sitting there, and I go around the car and grab some bags, and I felt the Lord tell me, crush the can. <laughs> and again, I'm like, I mean, I feel stupid even telling you this. I'm like, crush the can? What? 
So it was like the Lord said, crush the can. And I'm like, but then I remembered that if I'll obey him in little ways, he may be up to something bigger. So I'm like, okay, fine, I'll crush the can. So I put the can in the ground, and the wind, of course, in Corpus is crazy. Right when I go to crush it, it blows it over, and I crush it to the side instead. And I was like, God, this is, and I'm looking at this can, and I look down, and I go, you've got to be kidding me. The can says 23 ingredients. <laughs> okay, God, I'm going to obey you. Whatever you want me to do, I'll just say whatever you want me to say. I'll do whatever you want me to do. So I'm just going to lay it all out. God's clearly telling me that I need to tell you the whole deal. And so I believe God wants us to do seven more campuses in the next 20 years. I'm convinced it's going to happen for his glory, for his purpose, so we can reach a million souls. And so let's get busy. Let's get started. So a couple more verses God, God gave me. The first verse he gave me is Isaiah 66. Uh, he gave me this yesterday. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? It was God again reminding me, I told you, I want seven more campuses. Um, seven, by the way, means completion. If you don't know that either, it's just to let you know that's, you know. And this is why Satan is six, six, six. He's three, he's, he's always incomplete. It's always an incomplete. So just be, be real careful. Make sure your relationship is not almost. Make sure your walk is not almost. Make sure your obedience is not almost. Make sure your sacrifice is not almost a sacrifice. Make sure that your prayer life is not almost intimacy. Make sure that you are fully at seven, that you're giving him a complete you, a complete obedience, a complete sacrifice. Does that make sense? Don't hold back. The devil wants us to hold back. God says, no, I want it all. Trust me. Trust me. So there's a completeness there. This is not in my notes, by the way. I'm just kind of free-flowing, just doing what the Lord's telling me to say today. I want to mention a couple of things real quick. Also, something God gave me in my time with the Lord um, was that I believe that this is intergenerational. God wants us to raise up the next generation. So we are starting a national youth conference out of our church. And we've already got a schedule for January 2022. And so I'm excited about that because God really put in my heart that we need to fill a stadium full of students in South Texas so we can show students, so they can walk in. I, I, can, I just pictured this. We're going to start here, but then I believe it's eventually going to go to the American Bank Center with wall-to-wall students because I want students, I want them to walk in and experience what I experienced as a kid. When they walk in, and the reason I want to do it here is because they have it in San Antonio. They have it in Austin. They already have that in Atlanta. They already have that. They don't have it in Corpus. And students here go to high schools, and they're losing hope. And I want them to walk into an arena every January and look around and go, God's moving, because all these students are here to worship the same God. January is significant because it's the beginning of a year for them, starting fresh. Also, that means every six months they have a highlight. We've got camp in June. We've got conference in January. Camp in June, conference in January. So I'm excited about this. And by the way, the student conference we're doing is not just for Church Unlimited. It's for all churches. It's for all of South Texas. So when we do it, we're not going to be, we're not, everything's not going to have Church Unlimited on it. It's not going to be about that. So it's called the next conference because the next generation needs to rise up to do what God's leading them to do. And we're going to help them do that. I'm excited about that. There's a lot of students here that God's going to raise up to be a part of that. I'm excited about my own children that are going to be part of that, but I'm also excited about yours as well. It's time to raise up the next generation. I believe a couple more things I want to share with you, and then I'll, I'll turn it over to you, really. It's, it's going to be your response. Um, 
Philippians 1.6 is a verse that God gave me as well. It basically says, he who began a good work in you will complete it. And so I believe God is saying, I'm beginning this and I'll finish it. And so, but we have to do our part and obey the Lord. Another verse that I, I, I reached out to my board yesterday about this, and buddy, one of my board members texted me, uh, Mark eleven twenty three. He said, let me give you another verse, Mark eleven twenty three. I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will happen, it will be done for him. And I truly believe that. Three things that, that I believe I got going for me in our church um, to make all this a reality um, are I have God's word. I have, I have his specific spoken word about obeying him, doing what God's told me to do. But also two of the things that are really a blessing to me um, have really good mentorship. I'm really grateful for that. I've got some leaders that pour into my life that are brilliant, and they happen to be specifically brilliant about expanding campuses. And so it's a very unique thing, and uh, so I'm very grateful for the wisdom that I have. But then I, there's another piece that I just, have to, I just felt led to tell you that I'm really blessed beyond reason, and that is who I married. I'm very blessed that I don't lead as... As, as one man. And I will tell you, any ministry you see with a man at the helm that God's really doing something spectacular, it's not about that person, but the Lord's using them. But I will tell you time and again, God has blessed them with an incredible support. And I am so, I'm just so thankful for, for my wife. We would not be where we are if it was not for her. So love you, honey. I mean that. I'm very grateful, and I'll just tell you that out of I, God grows his ministry. God grows a church. But out of a good a ministry, I believe, is an outflow of a good marriage. I'm, I'm convinced of that. And so and I want to just challenge everyone here who has big dreams, too, that you have to be on the same page. It's such a big deal that you both are on the same page together. And so I, I can't tell you how many times I've talked. I've had uh, men come up to me and say, God's telling you this and God's telling you that. And their spouse is standing beside them with this fearful intrepid look on her face like I don't know about this and I'm like well you know I know you're ready to do all these great things but you, the number one person you need on board with you doesn't look like they're on board so the two becoming one is a really big deal and so I'm very very grateful that my wife has seen me step out time and, and again on faith and, and I've had people accuse me of being crazy and stupid and oh my gosh this guy's gonna wreck everything with he's just reckless and but my wife will always stand with me and be like no I believe God's hands on you and I'm gonna stand with you and I'm just I'm just telling you it's a game changer so so then my youth pastor texted me yesterday he didn't know the message because uh, I didn't know the message either <laughs> so I did it uh, but uh, he texted me he said you're not going to believe the verse God gave me this week it's Exodus 23 23 it says my angel will go ahead of you and bring you into the land of the Amorites Hittites per uh, Perizzites Canaanites Hiv all the ites you know every ite <laughs> Jebusite I will wipe them out basically God says I will go before you and so I just really believe God is clearly saying that I will go before you. I will lead you. So can I, do, can I just be real frank? Can I just, just put it all out there? Is okay? I mean, we're just having this honest moment. So I'm just going to tell you a couple of things. You know, I remember years ago, I, I complained to God. I was like, Lord, I, I got these friends, these pastor friends around the country that have these great ministries. They expand and they grow and they're doing all this kind of stuff. And it, it just frustrated me. I was like, oh, they, 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 you know, I'm just being honest. This, I'm sure this is like sinful, but I'm just going to tell you how I thought. I was like, I was complaining to God one day. I was like, God, I have these friends in Atlanta and Dallas and L.A. and Houston, and they've got these massive churches, and they've got all these millionaires that go to their church. And so, of course, they can build these buildings. They've got all these millionaires. We don't have that. 
We just, we just really don't have that. And I felt the Spirit of God speak to me right then. He said, yes, you do. They're just in seed form. You need to water it. Just water it. So maybe someone is hearing me no longer holding back, and God's saying it's time for you not, no longer to hold back about those dreams, those plans, those visions. Maybe it's time for God to raise up, I don't know, maybe 23 millionaires in our church that do something great for God. Maybe God's going to raise up a whole other generation that right now you say, my bank account doesn't say that. Yeah, but does your spirit say it? Because if your spirit says it, it's just a matter of time, but you've got to line up your actions, your thoughts, and your words together come in agreement. And if you'll do that, it's incredible what God can do through you. And so maybe it's time to buy that land, to expand that territory. Maybe it's time to go for that goal at work. Maybe it's time to become top salesperson this year. Maybe it's time. I don't know what God's doing. Maybe it's time to start that business. I don't know what God is doing, but I believe God is breaking something loose today because obedience causes the Spirit of God to show up in a way that no other thing does it. And so my prayer is if I'm obeying God and saying what God's telling me to say, what's he telling you? How's he speaking to you? Let me just tell you another thing real quick, if I can. You know, I really believe that we have... Um, we have missed a lot of what God wants to do because we're not willing to, to, to look at it almost like a business. And I want to be careful when I use the word business because the church is God's house and it's, his, it's family believers. But I think we forget that we are doing the work of God. I, what I'm trying to say in a nice way is Starbucks is better at distributing coffee than we are distributing the gospel. McDonald's is better at selling bad-tasting burgers than we are at distributing the gospel. Sorry, I actually like McDonald's. So I, you may not. I don't know. But... But they're better at distributing what they do than we are at distributing the gospel. So, so I say all that to say that the next campus we want to do, I feel really strongly about this, is to buy some land quickly, by the way, because it's going up ridiculous right now in price. So we need to quickly get it because it's going to keep going up. I believe we need to buy some land on Padre Island right away. And then we need to build a building there because right now our building there is hidden behind other buildings. So you, you, literally have to, you literally have to find this. It's like we're playing hide and seek with people. They're like, hey, come to church if you can find this. I mean, it's literally hidden. It's ridiculous. And so I believe it's time for us to get a prime location on a major artery to where everyone sees there's a church I want to go check out right there so we can reach the island. That's number one. Number two, I believe we're supposed to pay cash for that building. And the reason why is because Padre Island is not exactly broke. And I believe that God wants us to have a cash flow campus. And by the way, all campuses should do that. Are you hearing me, Stone Oak? We've given you a $12 million facility right on the highway. Stone Oak, we need you to step up, reach people and fill that place. Because not only are you called to reach your community, Stone Oak, but you're called to overflow so you can help do what? Open four or five more campuses all across San Antonio so we can take that ground. So I really feel strongly that we're supposed to start saying cash for buildings as much as we possibly can. Why? So we have strong cash flow. Why? Because Starbucks got one coffee uh, place right first. Then they opened the second franchise off of the profits of that one, then the third, the fourth, the fifth. And now they take from every, every one of them to open 10, 20, 30, 40. This is how they're spreading coffee. They're just selling coffee beans, guys. We've got the gospel. We've got to start thinking strategically like a business-minded person and say, let's make this work so well that this creates an overflow to be able to do the next campus and the next campus because our God is a God of overflow. So let's expand. So now what's your part? What's your part? Because God has something for you to do with this too. So I've, I've shared my part. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up here real quick because I want us just to obey God. It's time for us to do what the Lord's telling us to do, to obey him, to follow him in this leading. What's God telling you? I mean, God just told me to crush a can. I mean, I... 
So sometimes it doesn't take a, anything complicated, does it? It's kind of simple stuff. Just obey him. Just do what the Lord tells you to do, whatever that is. So I don't know what God would lead you to do with the offering. Maybe nothing. Okay. As long as the Lord told you that, great. I mean, you'd be a little surprised if God told you not to give, but okay, sure. But what is God telling you to do? You know? Maybe God's telling you, I'm going to do $2,300 above and beyond my tithe this year, 23000 You know? I don't know. Maybe God's going to raise up 23 different people to give a million dollars. That'll help us do God's work fast, expand quickly. You guys notice what's happening right now with our, our government? Anyone notice what's going on? Anyone notice the laws are trying to pass that are literally directly against God's house and his word? We better expand because the world's expanding, so we need to expand to reach people for Christ. We need to do our part. They're trying to pass some jacked-up laws that go directly against God's teaching. And so we need to do our part. We've got to be the church and rise up in a time like this. So why don't we right now across all campuses literally rise up and let's honor him. Let's put him in first place in our lives. Let's, let's put him where he needs to be at the center. Let's obey him. Let's not hold back. I haven't held back. Have you? Have you been holding back? So right now we're going to open up all of our stages. The Bible calls those altars, but we can call them stages, whatever you want to call it. We're going to open up right now. If you, if you feel like you've been holding back, then let's get things right. Let's devote ourselves. God, I've been giving you six and you want seven. I've been holding back. I realize I need to fully commit to you. See, I believe the real challenge for his people is not when they're broken, hurting, and having a hard time. I think the challenge is when God blesses you, what do you do with it? Are you willing to honor God when you're abundantly blessed? I think we're more scared of being abundantly blessed than we are scared of staying where we are. I think we literally are fearful that God loves us so much. He wants to do so much. He wants to overflow in our lives. We're fearful of it. And I believe God wants to change the next generation. Where are you at, generation? Come on. Let's go. Come forward. Where are you at? We need some young people that are going to commit themselves fully to God. God told me to plant a church. He told me to plant a church when I was 23, by the way. At age 24, I was preparing and planning for that. At age 25, we opened Church Unlimited. It was called Bay Area Fellowship back then. God wants to do something new in you. I don't care how old or young you are. Will you obey God? This altar, this stage, this platform is open. All campuses right now, it's open. You come forward. You obey God. You honor God. I've given everything. I've, I've, I'm, I'm not holding anything back. You may say, this is a crushed cannon, seven cannon. This is ridiculous. He looks like a fool. Fine, I'll be a fool for Christ. Call me a fool all you want, but don't call me disobedient. I want to obey God. Are you willing to obey God or are you holding back? Has God spoken something to you? Has he just told you something stupid? Well, I had to crush a can. How about you? What's God telling you to do? Hey, by the way, young people, you know why you're depressed? You know why suicides are up? Because this generation is all about themselves and that will always leave you empty. But if you get your eyes on God and on changing the next generation, then you will never be depressed again. You'll be filled with purpose and destiny. God has plans for you. It's not an accident that you're here. It's not an accident that you're here right now. God is trying to do something in this place. His presence is here. He is moving among us. Do you sense it? Then you come forward. You honor the Lord. You surrender yourself fully to him. 23. <laughs> 23. Abundantly blessed. God, bless your people. Bless your people. We want to be abundantly blessed so we can be a blessing. This church doesn't exist for you. You are the church. You exist for the world. We're here to change the world. Will you do your part?
Will you obey God? Where are you at, next generation? Where are you at? Come on. Talk big game. Oh, I want to change the world, man. Really? Let's do this. Let's worship him right now. Surrender your life. Everything you got. It's all I got yours, Lord. What do you want? All I got. It's yours. All I have. All I am. It's yours. I will obey you. His presence is here. You sense it? You sense it? Thank you. Thank you, God. He's here. He's here. He's here. He's here. You move the mountains, and I believe I'll see you to it again. Have your way. presence is here. He's here. You're here, God. And we're standing on the holy ground and we know it. And when you're in the presence of a king, you get still. You get still. Because we're in the presence of greatness. Do you sense him? He's here. He's here. We're in his presence. We are your people, God. We are your church. We will do what you lead us to do. We will obey you. We will crush cans for you, Lord. We will surrender all we have to you. We will not hold back any longer we will do what you tell us to do as he speaks to you you obey right now in this moment 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 you obey on the other side of your obedience is his blessing
See, we keep saying, oh, God bless me. God says, no, that's not how it works. If you obey me, then I bless you. God, if you'll just bless me, I'll obey you. No. No, that doesn't require faith. You obey me, then I'll bless you. Just obey him. All our campuses. God's speaking to someone right now in Padre Island. <laughs> God's speaking to someone at Rockport. God's speaking to someone right now at Rodfield. Where are you at, Rodfield? God's got something big for you. You get behind your campus pastor's vision, you can reach that part of the city. Stone Oak, you have responsibility. You are called to San Antonio to reach that city. Hey, online, guess what? You're all over the world. And you can expand rapidly by obeying, inviting your friends, tuning in. Where's that next generation? You guys want to see God move or not? Let's see God move in the next generation. Who wants to see that? I do. I want to see it. I want to see it. Right now, with your head bowed, your eyes closed, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you receive him right now in this place. He is our King. We are here to worship him. Pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for my sin. I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, you just prayed that prayer. No one's looking around. The only person looking is a campus pastor. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you just receive Christ, if you just prayed that prayer for the very first time, would you just lift your hand high? God is moving. The Spirit of God's moving. If that's you, just lift your hand high. If you just receive Christ, just lift your hand high. Thank you. Anyone else? Lift your hand high. We see those hands. Praise God. Just lift your hand high. Praise God. Anyone else? Anyone else? John alone. We just did some estimates towards the million souls God's leading us to reach. You know, the last 20 years, we've reached 100,000 people through Church Unlimited. God's moving. But that's a tenth of what he's going to do in the next 20 years. That's a tenth of what he's going to do. God, we surrender ourselves fully to you. We want to be your people. We want to do your work. Your head bowed and your eyes closed. I've obeyed God today. Will you obey him? Will you do your part? But pastor, I don't know what he wants me. Yeah, he wants you to say yes before he tells you what to do. That's how he rolls. Give him your yes, then he'll give you his direction. And then he'll show you. Then he'll speak to you. Elijah said, yes, Lord, send me. Then God told him, Lord, whatever you want, all I've got is yours. I trust you. God, thank you for the way you're working in this midst. Thank you for your power and your presence is in this place. We thank you for that, God. Renew us, Lord. 23, we break the line. This is a new sentence. This is a new line, a new word from you. A new season has begun in your people. Thank you for that, God. In your name we pray. And all those people said, amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.